Hi, and welcome back to Tell Me What Happened, the podcast that features folks from all walks of life telling us one childhood story and how that story impacted who they are today. I'm your host, Jay Rehack, and like you, I've had my share of childhood experiences. Some of them positive, some of them not so great. But I'd like to think that whatever happened to me in my childhood has made me a better person. Tell Me What Happened is sponsored by Sidelining Publishing, publishers of quality books, including Susan Salador's classic, I've Got Peace in My Fingers, available on Amazon.com or wherever quality books are sold. Tell Me What Happened is also sponsored by LaughSaver.com. Visit LaughSaver.com and record your laughter. We'll keep it for you now and forever. It's free and your children and your grandchildren and your great-grandchildren will appreciate it. That's LaughSaver.com. LaughSaver.com. And by the way, LaughSaver.com will become an app starting June 1st, 2022. So check your phones and download the app. All right. Today I have as my guest an old friend of mine, a good friend of mine, Marty Pick. Marty is... A retiree, he retired back in 2004, but prior to that, he had a succession of jobs. He was at Hull House as the program director for kids and teens. He was a daycare social worker and a daycare director. He finished up his career as a social worker for the Chicago Department of Aging. Welcome to the show, Marty. Thank you, Jay. Marty, are you ready to tell your story? I'm ready to launch and jump right in. All right. Well, listen, Marty, I'm going to get out of the way. I'm going to let you tell your story. But when you're done, I'm going to ask you absolutely one question. And that question is this. How do you think that what happened to you as a child impacted who you are today? All right. So take it away, Marty. Okay. Thank you, Jay. In the summer of 1952, my friend Howard and I were preparing to enter our second semester of eighth grade in September. We were students at the Robert Emmett School on Madison and Central Avenue on the west side of Chicago. Howard had just turned 13 and I was still 12. We were both serious newspaper readers and realized that the Democratic Convention would be in Chicago. We had to go. The headquarters for the candidates was the Conrad Hilton Hotel, where 16 years later, I would be screaming, dump the hump, and the whole world is watching. An event was occurring which would revolutionize our summer. The normal summer activity was to get to the Emmett School playground as early as possible and wait for enough guys to show up so we could play softball. It was important to be early because there was one bench in right center field fortuitously located under the scraggy little tree that somehow grew in a gravel of our playground. The bench was usually off limits for all but eighth graders, except for the absolute best athletes in our class since when we were in seventh grade, like Steve Harris and Marty Harris, not related. And now we were eighth graders, but the convention loomed large. The best way for us to get downtown to the Hilton was probably the Harrison Street streetcar even though we had a lot of ways to get downtown from the west side. All of our major streets had buses. We had two streetcars. 
the Green Hornet on Madison Street and the Red something or other on Harrison Street, which was pretty interesting because it had sort of an open part to it, kind of like the cable cars in San Francisco. So we got a kick out of riding the red Harrison Street streetcar, which fortuitously brought us straight to the Hilton. Every candidate had a hospitality room stocked with pop and food. Seeing all that made our eyes light up. Howard and I wandered into every room and ate and drank in every one of them. There were four main candidates. Our governor, Adlai Stevenson, the governor of New York, Averill Harriman, the senator from Tennessee, Estes Kefauver, and the senator from Georgia, Richard Russell. Howard and I were very much in demand. They all wanted supporters. Supporters, actually, that means anybody who was willing to walk around on Michigan Avenue in the sun and carry a banner. Howard and I were fresh young legs and good at screaming how much we loved the candidate we were marching for at the time. We remember that for Averill Harriman, there was a song we were singing as we marched on Michigan Avenue. H-A-R-R-I-M-A-N spells Harriman. Well, I forget the rest of the song, but it, as you can, your wife might know it, it goes on and on. We were given salt pills for our labors because it was a 90 degree, degree day in the sun on Michigan Avenue, but we both decided against taking salt pills because we had never seen them before. And at 12, we were not in the habit of taking pills anyway. At the end of the day, as the politicians decamped to go to the International Amphitheater, now demolished, where the convention was being held, Howard and I collapsed into a couch in the lobby of the Hilton. As we sat there, exhausted, an aide to Senator Kefauver approached Howard and asked him to get the senator's coat. She actually had badly miscalculated. Instead of getting the battle-scarred 13-year-old, Howard, she should have gotten the impressionable 12-year-old, me, because I would have gladly gotten the coat. Howard rudely answered her, tell the senator to get his own coat. I thought that was somewhat rude, but I didn't say anything to Howard because he was my senior, of course. And so we returned to the West Side, tired, bloated, and now political experts. We resolved to go back the next day maybe be more selective on how much pop and food we were consuming. I don't remember any of our parents even asking where we were. And we never really talked about being at the Democratic Convention the entire day. We just went, rode with a streetcar, came back home, and back into normal life. But we did brag to all of our friends about what we had been doing. and. Somehow that week, a bunch of 12 year old, 12 and 13 years old year olds invaded the convention headquarters at the Hilton and marched around Michigan Avenue. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Loved Thank it. You. I mean, that's that's a piece of history right there, uh, Marty. Absolute history. You were part of history. 
I like your buddy saying that he, telling Harriman to get his own coat or telling the aide to get a coat. That that's hilarious. That was that's Howard for you, and he's still like that. <laughs> so, you, what motivated you to go down there? Was it was it the idea that you get free stuff, or you just had something to do? We had no idea there'd be free stuff. We didn't know what was going to happen. You know, we were 12 years old. We see in the paper, hey, the Democratic Convention is going to be in Chicago at the Hilton. We're like, hey, we have to be there. <laughs> we got to see what's happening. I love it. We Thanks. knew it was free. That's all we knew. <laughs> but we sure. did kind of follow politics then. You know, we would we would read the papers and, you know, we had a... We were in eighth grade. We had a pretty good idea what was going on. So that's my follow-up question to you, Marty. And that is this. How do you think that childhood experience going down there to the convention, how do you think that's impacted you as an adult? Does it make you more political or something else? I think it has, Jay. You know, I think it has made us more political. For one thing, we realized politics is... I don't want to say, I, I want to say it's a game. On the other hand, it's, it's, it's a serious game. And you read about these people in the newspaper. Estes Kefauver was quite well known. He was running hearings on organized crime. So he was on television all the time. And I remember my parents always watching the, uh, those hearings that Kefauver was running. But on the other hand, you would see that it was funny. It was a matter of life and death for some people. And for other people, it was just kind of a convenience. I'll work for this guy. 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 Makes no difference. That's the camp we were in at the time. We'll work. We'll hang around, work for anybody who's going to give us some pop and feed us, even though we were pretty much supporters of Governor Stevenson. But it gave us, it gave us a look into politics that we would not have had at the age of 12 had we not gone to that convention. All right. Well, listen, I usually don't ask follow-up questions beyond that. You've answered the question beautifully, but I do have to ask you, when the convention rolled around back to 1968, were you there in 68 or were you uh, by then someplace else? <laughs> yes, I was. Someplace else, but still at the Hilton, but not inside the Hilton. I was outside of the Hilton with thousands of other people. And you might have seen this on the newsreels. There we were screaming, the whole world is watching and dump the hump. We thought that Hubert Humphrey was inside the Hilton. And of course, he was looked like he was going to get the Democratic nomination, which he did. And we were not happy about the Vietnam War. You jumped all the way to 1968. The Democratic Convention in 1956 was in Chicago. So we went to that one, too. <laughs> By that time, we were 16. Marty, I did not know that. You just taught me something, man. I'm telling you, I didn't realize, but that's fantastic. That's great. So, so were you at 56 as well? Yeah, yeah. Sure. We were in high school then. More more food and pop? Uh, more food and pop. I, I don't remember the 1956 convention as well as I do the uh, our initial gathering at in 1952. But I, I, I know we were battle-hardened veterans in 1956, you know. <laughs> we were not exactly the same fresh young legs that we were in 52. <laughs> That's excellent. And you said you're still hanging out with, with Howard? Are you still friends with Howard? Still friends with Howard. I'll see him in a couple of days. We have our 
Uh, we all graduated from Emmett School together, Robert Emmett in 1953, and we're still playing poker once a month. A whole bunch of 82 and 83 year olds. I love it, man. I really do. <laughs> I, it, it, that's deep. That really is. I mean, the friendship is deep. And I think that the political impact or the impact of that 1952 convention still reverberates to this day. I think that's that's impressive. I know you weren't around then, but uh, it was an amazing convention. I think that one might have gone till three o'clock in the morning or something. I mean, they kept calling the various uh, states what their vote totals were. And so it took a while for Stevenson to get enough votes to actually be the nominee. I wasn't around at that time, although I do remember the story that they tell about Adlai Stevenson where somebody yelled out to him. He said, Mr. Stevenson, you have the vote of every intelligent American. And he said, I'm sorry, sir, that won't be enough. <laughs> he was right. <laughs> he was right. <laughs> but we're not, this show is not about politics, so I'm going to leave it at that. I want to thank you for being on the show, Marty. Well, thanks, Jay. My day is set. I'll be listening to other people's stories all day today. <laughs> all right. Beautiful. That's great. And thanks for the opportunity. All right. Well, that's our show. I'd like to thank my guest, Marty Pick. I'd also like to thank our sponsors, Sidelining Publishing, publishers of quality books, and LaughSaber.com. Remember to visit LaughSaber.com and get ready for the app that's coming out in May. LaughSaber.com So I'm going to end this show, as I often do, with Susan Salador's classic, I've Got Peace in My Fingers. So until next time, this is Jay Rehack asking you all to please stay safe out there and try not to hurt anybody. I've got peace, peace, peace in my fingers. Watch what I can do. I've got peace, peace. Peace in my fingers, I'm gonna shake hands with you. I got peace, peace, peace in my fingers, watch what I can do. I got peace, peace, peace in my fingers, I'm gonna shake hands with you. I got words, words, words in my head, watch what I can do. I've got words, words, words in my head. I'm gonna talk things over with you. I've got words, words, words in my head. Watch what I can do. I've got words, words, words in my head. I'm gonna talk things over with you. I've got love, love, love in my heart. Watch what I can do. I've got love, love, love in my heart. I'm gonna give some to you. I've got love, love, love in my heart. Watch what I can do. I've got love, love, love in my heart. I'm gonna give some to you. I've got a peace, peace, peace in my fingers. Word.